Second Samuel chapter 7. Second Samuel chapter 16. And when David... listening to CAC Radio, Eastern Kentucky's best internet radio station. Do you have a home church? Are you looking for a place that you can bring your family and receive love and encouragement? Then welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, where you'll find a safe place for you and your family, a place where praise and worship is encouraged and the preaching and teaching of God's Word is anointed and fulfilling. No matter where you are on your journey in life or your journey with the Lord, you'll find what you're looking for at Cornerstone Apostolic Church. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the Congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the Spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services. Church Every Day, Home Bible Study 21st Century Style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net, whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I. Our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic. And Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to a Monday. That's right, it's Monday. Going to be Monday all day long. Also going to be CAC Daily iCast happening right here for the next hour, 55 minutes to be exact. And we hope that you'll stick around for those 55 minutes because we got some great stuff lined up for you. We're going to talk about the weather. We're going to talk about uh, some events. We're going to talk about this past weekend of services. And coming up at the bottom of the hour, 
we're going to have our teaching session. We're in Revelation, and we're going to be beginning in verse number 12 of chapter 2. Well, you know, we had a tremendous, I'm talking a powerful, tremendous set of services this weekend. Brother Cornelius Harper was with us. Him and his wife got to be with us. Uh, that was this past Sunday, yesterday. And uh, he preached a powerful message at CAC. And I am telling you, the Lord began to move. And uh, it was just a powerful, powerful thing. There was healings. There was deliverance. There was all sorts of things happening during that service. And I'm sure that we will hear of those things in the coming months. Yeah, maybe even years, because I believe it's a start of something that was a breakthrough for many people. Thank you, Brother Harper, Sister Harper, for being with us. We had a great time, and um, we're going to look forward to having you back. Amen. And then we went over to uh, Pikeville Apostolic Church and had our our 11th anniversary service at Pipeful Apostolic Church, and it was just a great time as we gathered together, and uh, the the house was packed out. I'm I'm telling you, uh, even during our dinner, we didn't even have enough chairs for everybody, so we're going to have to stock up on a little more chairs, a little more tables, because, uh, yeah, we're growing. And so we had a great turnout yesterday, the house being full, Brother Harper again preached a powerful message, and it changed lives. Healings take place. Uh, there was just great things began to happen. And uh, I'm telling you, it was just a wonderful, wonderful atmosphere of the Lord in the house. And uh, I'm sure that uh, we're going to be feasting upon those services for many weeks and, and like I say, even months and maybe even years to come because I really feel that it was the start of a breakthrough. And of course, uh, we want to uh, remind all of you of our announcements coming up, and that's why we give you announcements for such things as our events that are coming up, uh, such as anniversary services. And now we got homecoming services to look forward to at CAC. CAC Homecoming Service, Saturday, October the 21st, 7 p.m., Sunday, October the 22nd at 11 a.m., and we're going to have Brother George Scott with us, so we're going to have a great time with Brother Scott. Also, Friday, November the 17th, 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett is going to be with us for Harvest Time Crusade, and then on Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m., Brother Michael Maupin. So we're going to have a great time with them at Harvest Time Crusade. And then we have our um, our uh, Christmas program that will be coming up at CAC. And that is going to be in December, and that will be December the 10th. And uh, we will have it at 6 p.m., so uh, keep that in mind. And uh, we will uh, be having that uh, every year that's the second Sunday in December. So December the 10th this year, mark it down on your list, and we'll put it on our uh, list of upcoming events uh, because we want you to be a part of any and all of the services that we have at CAC and PAC. So uh, let's remember that. And then we got our anniversary service, 10th anniversary service of this program. That's right. This program is going to have an anniversary service. We're going to have 10th anniversary service. We started back in 2023 of, uh, or 2013, I should say, of December the 5th. Yeah, December the 5th. 2013 we started, and then uh, now it's 2023, so that makes 10 years. <laughs> and so we're excited about that. And also, it's because of you great people. I'll give you a hand because without you, there would be no need for us to sit here and look 
at a microphone or a camera and uh, speak in a microphone, look at a camera. There we go. Well, we want to mention our last 10 of our um, prayer requests. Of course, you see all of them on the screen scrolling, but uh, we want to mention the last 10. Marvin Bentley, Barbara Dove, Sue Bain family. Let's remember also uh, Rebecca James in prayer and also Rebecca's brother. Uh, let's remember uh, Rosa Urabi. Let's remember Van, Danny Ratliff, Pam Bartley, uh, Gina. Let's also remember Roger McCoy. And also let's remember Joe Justice. And if you have a prayer request or testimony or something that you'd like for us to receive, you can call in at 606-282-4108, or you can email those to prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we open up a new week of, of uh, CAC Daily iCast right here, starting right now. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity, another week to be gathered together with your people from all across the U.S. and around the world. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us today as we have gathered together, that you will be in our midst, in our homes, in our lives, in everything we say and do. I pray that you would bless each and every one on our prayer list. You know their needs and their situations. I pray also that you would touch each and every one of our viewers. I pray, Lord, that you would just open up the windows of heaven today and pour out your blessings upon this broadcast as we give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, uh, welcome to the broadcast today, and we had a great uh, time. As we said, uh, the house was packed at, at Pipeful Apostolic Church, and um we just appreciate all who wanted to be a part of uh, those uh, services because it was just something that I think was a good turnout, a good atmosphere, and the presence of the Lord was moving, and Brother Cornelius Harper preached a powerful, powerful message. Well, uh, let's see if we can't jump right into uh, getting into Let's talk about the weather. Why why shouldn't we talk about the weather? That's what uh, you know, people do when they when they meet. They say, Boy, it's been hot or it's been cold or been rainy or what about this weather? Well, let's just look at what the weather's gonna be. It's gonna be a little cooler this week than it has been. It's gonna be seventy one for the high and look at the low of fifty one. Oh. I know, I know. It's gonna be uh fall like temperatures. Partly sunny with a shower in the area this morning, then beautiful this afternoon. So there you go. It's going to feel like maybe 75, and looks like the uh, UV index is going to be moderate at 5. Looks like also on Tuesday, we're going to be having a high of 74, going to be sunny and nice. Start of an extended stretch of dry weather. We'll take that. And it starts warming up a little bit through the week, as you can see, 77 on Wednesday, and then on Thursday, 80 degrees. So, yeah, we'll take all that. And looking at our current radar conditions right here in East Kentucky, you can see that right here in our little portion of East Kentucky, there's no rain. In fact, the sun has popped out. It was uh, cloudy and looked dreary, but uh, no rain, and the sun has popped out. So we're good right here, and uh, we hope that you're good wherever you are across the U.S. and around the world. Let's just jump right into our Bible reading. We're reading our way through the Old Testament. Once we get through the Old Testament, we're going to continue on through the New Testament. So if you stick around long enough, you can say you've read through the Bible right here on CAC Daily iCast. 2 Samuel chapter 17 Moreover Ahithophel said unto Absalom, 
Let me now choose out twelve thousand men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed, and will make him afraid, and the people that are with him shall flee, and I will smite the king only. And I will bring back all the people unto thee. The man whom thou seekest is as if all returned. So all the people shall be in peace. And the saying pleased Absalom well and all the elders of Israel. Then said Absalom, Call now Hushai the archite also, and let us hear likewise what he saith. And when Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahithophel hath spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. And Hushai said unto Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel hath given is not good at this time. For, said Hushai, Thou knowest thy father and his men, that they be mighty men, and they be chafed in their minds, as a bear robbed of her whelps in the field. And thy father is a man of war, and will not lodge with the people. Behold, he is hid now in some pit or in some other place, and it will come to pass when some of them be overthrown at the first, that whosoever heareth it will say, There is a slaughter among the people that follow Absalom. And he also that is valiant, whose heart is as a heart of a lion, shall utterly melt. For all Israel knoweth that thy father is a mighty man, and they which be with him are valiant men. Therefore, I counsel that all Israel be generally gathered unto thee, from Dan even to Beersheba, as the sand that is by the sea for multitude, and that thou go to battle in thine own person. So shall we come upon him in some place where he shall be found, and we will light upon him as the dew falleth on the ground, and of him and of all the men that are with him there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he be gotten into a city, then shall all Israel bring ropes to that city, and we will draw it into the river until there be not one small stone found there. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel, to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. Then said Hushai unto Zadok and to Abiathar the priests, Thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel. And thus and thus have I counseled. Now, therefore, send quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily pass over, lest the king be swallowed up and all the people that are with him. Now Jonathan and Ahimeaz stayed by in Rogel, for they might not be seen to come into the city. And a wench went and told them, and they went and told King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom. But they went both of them away quickly, and came to a man's house in Behurim, which had a well in his court, whither they went down. And the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth, and spread ground corn thereon, and the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman to the house, they said, Where is Ahimeaz and Jonathan? And the woman said unto them, They be gone over the brook of water. And when they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, after they were departed, that they came up out of the well, and went and told King David, and said unto David, Arise, and pass quickly over the water, for thus hath Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David arose, and all the people that were with him, and they passed over Jordan. By the morning light there lacked none of them that was not gone over Jordan. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose, and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order, and hanged himself, and died, and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Then David came to Mahanaim, and Absalom passed over Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. 
And Absalom made Amasa captain of the host instead of Joab. Which Amasa was a man's son whose name was Ithra, an Israelite, that went into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister to Zeruiah, Joab's mother. So Israel and Absalom pitched in the land of Gilead. And it came to pass, when David was come to Mahanaim, that Shobai, the son of Nahash of Rabbah of the children of Ammon, and Maker, the son of Amiel of Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite of Rogelim, brought beds and basins and earthen vessels, and wheat and barley and flour, and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse, and honey and butter and sheep and cheese of kind, for David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said, The people is hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. like it is about 62 degrees and and if you got a minute yeah you got a minute well you got time to listen to 60 seconds with the pastor praise the lord everybody i'm pastor richard d mckinney and welcome to 60 seconds with the pastor Psalms 130 verses 1 and 2 says, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. Sometimes it may feel like you are in over your head, overwhelmed, burdened, in despair from some situation, circumstance, or problem. Well, David cried unto the Lord out of his depths. When you feel like you're in too deep, over your head, going through too much for you to handle, cry out unto the Lord from your depths for the Lord to hear your voice. Well, if you got a minute, then you got time for 60 seconds with the pastor. And we got some other stuff coming up. We got our Commonwealth Minute that we will be playing for you in just a moment. But, uh, it's time for us to check in and see what's uh, going on with our trivia question today and see how many got it correct on Friday. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. What time is it? i tell you what time it is. It's time for another CAC Trivia Question of the Day. CAC Trivia Question of the Day is brought to you by Cornerstone Apostolic Church and the Apostolic Voice of Phelps Radio and Television Broadcast. The radio broadcast is heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHYFM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. You can also go to q95fm.net and click on the Listen Live link Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's q95fm.net. You can also watch the Apostolic Voice Phelps television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW. That's WQCW-TV. And you can also watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Well, today's trivia question. Name the two people who asked... King David to officially name his successor. Name the two people who asked King David to officially name his successor. Well, all you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results of that on tomorrow's broadcast. 
And speaking of results, yeah, we got some results that we need to talk about. We do have the results of Friday's trivia question. And Friday's trivia question was this. Well, Friday's trivia question was, which book in the New Testament says the love of money is the root of all evil? And out of those that participated, it looks like 100% of you got it right. That's right. 100% of you got it right. So uh, it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 10. So 100% of you got that one correct. Let's see if you can get today's correct. Today's trivia question named the two people who asked King David to officially name his successor. And all you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. No matter where you're watching on Facebook, you should be able to find the link at the top of the page. Just scroll back up and you'll see a link. You click on that link, it'll take you where you need to go, and then we'll have the results on tomorrow's broadcast. like it's about uh, 62 degrees outside this morning, a little on the cool side, fall of the year. Leaves are already turning. I know you don't want to hear that. And uh, going to have an early fall. I know. I know. I know. Hang in there. Hang in there. Things will get better. That's right. <laughs> Winter time's coming. Fall the year's coming, winter time's coming, and then spring will be right back before you know it. But uh, we're glad that you've joined us today. It is time for us to check in on the Commonwealth Minute. Commonwealth Minute is uh, brought to you by the Commonwealth Policy Center. Richard Nelson is the uh, director, executive director. Let's see what today's is censorship from the left. Welcome to the Commonwealth Minute. Here's your host, Richard Nelson. A Canadian public school recently removed half of the books from its library in an attempt to make the resources more inclusive. Arendelle Secondary School got rid of books such as The Diary of Anne Frank and The Hunger Games. The school system reasoned that its decision was a new equity-based book weeding process to ensure that books in the library promoted anti-racism, cultural responsiveness, and inclusivity. Now, we often hear how conservatives are for censorship when it comes to removing sexually explicit material from public schools. But here's a case where the authoritarian left would just like to remove everything because it doesn't meet their politically correct checklist. Now, books should be chosen based on their literary excellence and how they can shape students in a positive way instead of some idea of inclusivity. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at CPC4Kentucky and on the web at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. And it is 1028, almost 1029. Well, it just clicked over to 1029. And it's time for us to take our little break. And we will be right back with our teaching session. So we don't want you to uh, touch at any key. We don't want you to go anywhere. Just hang tight because we'll be right back. church every day home bible study 21st century style cac daily icast is aired monday through friday from 10 a.m to 11 a.m eastern standard time simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link you can join us for our radio broadcast sundays at 9 30 a.m on wqhy fm 95.5 out of prestonburg kentucky you can also go to Q95FM.net, whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. 
You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountain Top Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another CAC Daily iCast, just a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style. We are studying our way through the New Testament, and we are in the book of Revelation. We're in chapter 2, and we're going to uh, pick up where we left off on Friday. So let's just jump right into uh Chapter 2, verse number 12 today. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos, write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is. And thou holdest fast my name. And hast not denied my faith, even in those days wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwelleth. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication." So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone. And in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saving he that receiveth it. I want to uh, stop right there, and I want us to uh, go to the Lord in prayer as we study today. This is going to be lesson number 1082 of our study through the Word. But uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's just see what we can learn from the church of Pergamos. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here today to study your word. I pray that you would bless us to rightly divide the word of truth, expound the word fully, and to be able to receive your word line upon line and precept upon precept. Lord, I pray that you would touch each and every one watching either live or by way of on demand at a later time, that we will all study your word together. And Lord, we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Well, you know, when you start reading in Revelation, uh, the churches, uh, the seven churches in Asia is who these are written to. But, um, you know, and to the pastors, it's given to the pastors of the church. And then uh, it's, it's in relation to the church, the condition of the church, what the church has going on, uh, doing right, and what the church is doing wrong. Uh, So that lets us know that even today, uh, there are messages that are given unto the pastors to preach. Uh, Sometimes it's uh, commending uh, everyone of of their faithfulness or their living 
you know, according to the word, uh, then it may be just calling out some things that uh, people are doing that is not right. Well, that's kind of what uh, is going on here. And as we look at the church of Pergamos, we want to uh, be reminded of some things. And I've got a, I've got a couple of notes that I have uh, here that I want to uh, kind of get us, uh, you know, into uh, into a uh, maybe a uh, understanding, deeper understanding, if you will. Uh, because the, when we study the seven churches, just to recap uh, the the other two churches that we've already uh, discussed, Ephesus was the church who lost its first love. And then Smyrna was the poor, rich church. And now we're looking at Pergamos. It's the church that held fast the name of Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't perfect didn't have everything going for it, but they held fast the name of Jesus. That's why, you know, sometimes people, when uh, people make mistakes, mess up, they just write them off and tell them, you know, you might as well just quit church. You might as well just quit uh, trying to uh, serve the Lord because you're doing this, this, and this. But actually, we need to start encouraging those people not in their sin, but to come out of their sin. I think that's very important because as we see, uh, these churches were not perfect. They had some, sometimes some bad things going on. And uh, so looking at this, uh, I want to just kind of um, bring us up to speed, if you will, of some things that I think is uh, very important for us to understand about uh, the letter to the church of Pergamos. Pergamos means married. It just simply means married. And when the Persians conquered Babylon, what happened was the headquarters for the Babylonian uh, re uh, religion was moved to, from Babylon to Pergamos. So now Pergamos was the headquarters for the Babylonian religion. Now, we find that during this time of the persecutions, Antipas was one of the martyrs. We read it in the word that was uh, given. When Constantine professed uh, conversion to the Christian faith, he united church and state. You know, here in America, we have the separation of church and state. The state cannot tell a church what to preach, basically can't tell a church what to do, but you know that they tried to do that back when, uh, you know, COVID first came out, that the, the states tried to tell the churches, you can't have church, you can't do this. So, so they tried to unite church and state. Well, that's what Constantine did. And the church now become married to the world. Think about that. The church shouldn't be married to the world because we're married to the Lord. That's right. We're the bride of Christ. We're not the bride of the world, a bride of a politician, uh, the bride of some uh, government. We are the bride of Christ. We have to remember that in our day to day. But what happened was the church got married under under uh, you know uh, Constantine's rule, the church got married to the world, and we find that uh, the church now became married to the world and was guilty of spiritual fornication. The cross took the place of the eagle as a standard of the nation, and Christianity was made the religion of the Roman Empire. The persecution ceased and the state began to dictate to the church. Images and worldliness came into the church. Here's what's happening. This church, Pergamos, became so associated with the world that it became the world. It was a worldly church. It was a worldly church. Uh, false doctrines, the, the doctrine of Balaam. 
when the children of Israel had reached the land of Moab on the way to Canaan, Balak, the king, sent for Balaam to pronounce a curse on Israel. When the Lord did not permit Balaam to curse Israel, he taught Balak how Israel might be seduced to sin by committing fornication with the daughters of Moab, bringing the judgment of God upon them. So uh, the doctrine of Balaam was introduced. And also there was another doctrine. What are doctrines? Doctrines are teachings. And, and um, you know, if you look at the doctrine of Christ, it's the teaching of Christ. The doctrine of Balaam, it's the teaching of Balaam. Balaam taught uh, the, um, the uh, Balak how to get and entice Israel to sin. So that doctrine was being taught. How can we entice people to sin? How can we entice the people of God to sin? And it, it was something that Balaam, uh, you know, uh, the doctrine of Balaam was very prevalent. Remember, when a church gets married to the world, the doctrine of Balaam is sure to follow. How can we get more churches to sin? How can we get more people in church to sin? Sin doesn't start out with a massive uh, move. It starts out with a little move. One sin left unpreached against, unchecked, will produce other sin. And, you know, people say, well, this there ain't nothing wrong with this or that. Um, if something is going to lead you away from the Lord, and, and I want you to listen closely, if something's going to lead you away from the Lord and connect you closer to the world, then it becomes sin. That's what happened to Pergamos. Pergamos was a church that all of a sudden was married to the world Worldliness entered into the church. Worldly images in, entered into the church. The state was telling the church what to do and what not to do. And, you know, no doubt the church experienced uh, some favoritism and all that from the state because they were controlling everything. And we're living in a world that if you're not careful, you will take the favor of man over the favor of God. What do you mean, Pastor? People's, people want the acceptance of man. They want favors from man. They want man to, you know, uh, if they get in trouble, they want man to get them out. If they uh, have problems, they want man to solve them. If they go through something, they want man to be there. They're married to the world. That's what happened to Pergamos. And then we find that uh, these two doctrines that are being taught, the doctrine of Balaam and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, uh, this was the teaching of the priesthood rule over laity. It should be noted that, that this doctrine got a strong foothold at the Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325. Here the laymen outnumbered the bishops five to one. As its completion, or at its completion, the bishops had complete control of the church. God said that he hated this doctrine. It was not surprising that from this same council dominated the political intrigue, uh, of, uh, political intrigue came the false teaching of the Trinitarian theory. That's right. So when you look at this, the doctrine that the Lord hated, the doctrine of Balaam and the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, uh, the teaching of this rule uh, that eventually in the Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325, it was something that uh, began to uh, pull people away from the one true God. Because remember, this church is married to the world. This church has let worldliness come in. And this is what happens. When churches become worldly, they soon quit serving the one true God and start serving whatever is popular at the time. 
It could be, you know, the belief of another church. It could be the belief of an organization. It could be the belief of nothing. Because I believe that once you start taking one step back, you will take several steps back until you deny the Lord. So that's why the Lord said he hated the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Um, he hated this doctrine because it dominated. It was dominated by political intrigue and the false teaching to pull people away. Remember, the church was full of worldliness, full of images of the world. Uh, it looks so much like the world. We say today that sometimes the church becomes worldly and the world becomes churchy and you can't tell the difference. Um, but this church had these two false doctrines um, and, and the doctrine of Balaam. How can we get more people to sin? How can we get more people to walk away from true holiness, true word, the truth, and follow false doctrine? That is what the doctrine of Balaam was about. Doctrine of the Nicolaitans is about this doctrine where laity and and uh, priesthood, uh, just there was a control of man. Actually, man became the one that made his own rules, made his own uh, idea of what's right and wrong. And, and that's why in the Council of Nicaea in 325, there was this decision by man about the Godhead. Well, there's only one person that the Godhead dwells in bodily, and that is Jesus Christ. But they came out of the Council of Nicaea with a whole different view. So with that said, you know, the, the kind of problems they had was they was a worldly church. The kind of problems they had that they was a church that uh, was teaching these two false doctrines they were teaching false things. You'd think, okay, the Lord's going to just wipe them out. But you know what? The Lord didn't say he was just going to wipe them out. He began to commend them for holding fast to the name of Jesus. He said, you're holding the name of Jesus fast. Now, that word fast means secure. You haven't let go of the name of Jesus. A lot of times, churches become worldly but they're still preaching and teaching the name of Jesus. They're still holding fast the name of Jesus. They're like Pergamos. They're a worldly church. Sometimes they preach doctrine that's not correct. Sometimes they let worldliness come in and they try to get more churches in their little circle to come away from the truth into their little mold of doctrine. That's what the doctrine of Balaam was about, getting more people to sin. Um, I just think it's, uh, you know, when, when Balaam uh, taught Balak uh, how to seduce Israel to sin and commit fornication and bring jud the judgment of God upon them, that, that was an enticement. Aren't we living in that day today when the world and even other churches, when you find a church that's living holy, living right, living by truth, doing the best they can do, then all of a sudden it's like vultures that come in and try to pull at the people in that church. Oh, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to give that up. You don't have to walk away from the world. You, you don't have to be different. That's the doctrine of Balaam. The doctrine of Balaam says you don't have to be different. The doctrine of Balaam says you can live like the world. The doctrine of Balaam brushes off what the Word of God says. Entices, just like it did with Israel, entices people today to come away from the truth. I don't want to be enticed. I don't want you to be enticed. I'm not going to preach the doctrine of Balaam. I'm not even going to preach the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. 
because the world is not our friend. The world is actually our enemy. And we have to be willing to say, I've got to separate myself from the world. So with that, the Lord commended them, commended Pergamos, uh, for holding fast to the name of Jesus and not denying the Lord's faith. Now, uh, two of the greatest qualities for any church is that. Holding on to the name of Jesus and not denying the Lord's faith, that, that's two of the greatest qualities of any church. As, as we said, if you look at some things and only read certain scriptures, you'd say, man, that's a good church. But then you start seeing they had some problems. They had some things going on. They had some uh, sin in the camp. Pergamos adhered to these principles even though the headquarters for the Babylonian religion was centered there. One of the faithful martyrs is mentioned. We do not know much about Antipas, but the Lord saw fit to mention his name. Probably he got killed for standing for truth. That's usually when people are martyred, killed, destroyed, thrown out, done away with because they're standing for truth and the church, the community don't want to hear it. That's why churches get, get uh, you know, ostracized and, and isolated is because the community says, we don't want that. We don't want to have to give up our uh, worldliness. We don't want to have to quit living the way we're living. We don't want to have to change. So what do they do? They get a group that may call on the name of Jesus, may not deny the Lord's faith, but still letting worldliness come in and dominate because they're married to the world. That's what Pergamos was, married to the world. And when you look at this, this church was condemned because of spiritual fornication. But because, and this is why she was married to the world. Pergamos was married to the world. Constantine perverted the church by giving many large buildings and supplying the clergy with costly vestments. Beware of people with money that want to say, I will buy you this, I will supply this, I will do this. Uh, and it's not, it's not, and, and again, I want to teach us today, there's nothing wrong with people wanting to help the church prosper. So don't, please don't take it wrong when I say uh, people with money that say, I want to uh, do this, this, and this. That's great. I mean, we pray for people to come to church that can help uh, build our buildings and, and continue uh, the things that we have a vision for. We, we appreciate those people. So please don't take this the wrong way. This was not what um, was going on with, with Pergamos. Pergamos was being built great buildings and, uh, you know, Constantine was giving them anything they wanted, but Constantine was also telling them what to preach. That's how you tell the difference between somebody that, that is really uh, wanting to help and people that are really just out to control people. You know, uh, we have a lot of folks that uh, are able to help CAC and PAC. And, um, you know, they have never looked at me and said, I will give you this if you will stop preaching this. Never. Never have they done that. And they're a great blessing. They're a great help because we would not be able to do what we do without them. But here Pergamos was having this problem. Pergamos was having this problem uh, that uh, Constantine perverted the church by swaying them with large buildings, supplying the clergy with costly vestments. Although the church started out with pure doctrines true to the name of Jesus, it was polluted with a sensuous form of worship. Many pagan festivals, 
It was during this time that the dogma of the Trinity was adopted and post-millennialism had its origin. The admonition was simple. The message was simply repent. I see that our time is up. I'm going to try to close with this. The simple message was just repent. Oh, they were married to the world. Repent. They let worldliness in the church. Repent. They let Constantine tell them what to do, swaying them with the doctrine of Balaam and the doctrine of constant uh, uh, doctrine of the Nicolaitans. But if you'll repent, you see, worldly churches are going to have judgment upon them. That's just bottom line. Worldly churches will have judgment brought upon them unless they repent. This letter to the pastor of Pergamos and read to the church of Pergamos is simply repent. Repent. And, and you know, when, uh, when you look at that, it says, Repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. What is the sword of his mouth? Well, the Bible says that the sword of the Spirit is the word of God. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, we begin to see that uh, in verse number, I guess, let me see what verse this would be. Um, well, let's just go back to verse number 12. Um, and, and, and that will kind of give us the insight of this sharp two-edged sword. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. So then we go down to, uh, to verse number um, 16, and it simply says, I will come and fight with them with the sword of my mouth which is the word of God. The word of God is, is sharper than any two-edged sword. And when spoken, it will bring judgment. You know, we're going to be judged out of the books, the Bible, the word of God. You're not going to be judged by what your pastor allows you to do. You're not going to be a, a Pergamos church and say, well, the pastor let us get married to the world and the pastor let worldliness come in and the pastor didn't say nothing when the world started uh, marrying with the church. And, and pastor was teaching about the doctrine of Balaam, how we can get more people in the church if we just lower the standards and let worldliness come in. That's a doctrine of Balaam. But you know what? You're not going to stand on judgment and start pointing fingers. You're going to stand on judgment for what you do. And the best advice I can give you is to repent and follow the word of the Lord. Don't get married to the world. Don't let the world entice you. Don't let the doctrine of Balaam or the doctrine of the Nicolaitans get a hold of you. Repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, there's going to be some overcomers, will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth, saveth, saving he that receiveth it. Oh, there's a new name in glory, and it's mine. Used to be an old song. There's a new name over in glory, and it's mine. Yes, it's mine. So I think that sometimes we just need to grab on to what is happening at the church at Pergamos, looking at the view, looking at how the, the world got married to the church and how that the church started figuring out ways, how can we have a mega church? How can we have a large church? How can we have more people come in? And so they decided at Pergamos to lower the standard of holiness, lower the truth. They even sp committed spiritual fornication 
so that they would be more people come in. Church, let's repent. Let's follow the word. Let's don't let anybody influence us to walk away from what we know the word says. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence and we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you have given us to study about the church of Pergamos. Thank you, Lord, because there's many things that uh, when I look at, I begin to see that you have, um, you have shown us the dangers. You have shown us what we face in our world. But I pray, Lord, that you would help us not to get married to the world, not to let the doctrine of, of Balaam uh, or the Nicolaitans be taught. Lord, we want to hold fast your name and hold fast the faith. And Lord, forgive us if we have allowed any worldliness to enter into the church unchecked. Help us to continue to stand and preach your word and teach your word so that people might live pleasing unto you. For it's all in the name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen. powerful study, I think, um, to study these seven churches in the book of Revelation that kind of gives us uh, understanding of how many churches get in the shape they get in, how they let things come in that should not come in. Pergamos got married to the world. Worldliness entered in. Worldliness was not preached against. Um, you know, there was no preaching on holiness. There was no preaching against worldliness. And then the doctrine of Balaam was being taught. How can we get more people to come in? Well, let's just lower the preaching temperature. You know, uh, people you say, oh man, they preach hell hot and, and real. You can, you almost feel the heat. Well, let's lower the temperature of the preaching. Let's make it palatable. Let's make it, uh, let's make it acceptable. Let's make it more easy to swallow. So let's lower the temperature of the preaching. And that's what the doctrine of Balaam does. It, it just lowers the temperature of the preaching and, uh, no more do you preach against sin because people don't want to hear that. They want to believe. I, I think brother Cornelius Harper said this yesterday. He said, uh, nothing wrong with people preaching. He says, I find a lot of churches doing this. They're saying, come as you are. But they forget to tell people, you can't stay as you are. And, and that's the facts. You can come as you are, but you got to leave different. The church has always been different. I pray that it's been a blessing to you today to study about the church of Pergamos and, uh, I, I just feel that we can see today how churches can get in trouble, how churches can fall away, how churches can get worldly, how churches can have all these things happen simply because we start listening to the wrong voices, influences. Um, you know, uh, that's what happened. Constantine began to just tell them what to do and tell them uh, what to expect and and uh, and you know uh, won their favor through through flattery and other things, uh, you know, giving them anything they wanted. But no, you know, I'm going to give you this, but you can't preach this. Oh, I, I thank the Lord for all who have contributed to both campuses and all those that have helped us to make uh, a. a a difference in the area in which we live. Without you, it couldn't be done. The Lord is our help, but he uses people to help us. And I thank God for that. But Constantine was not one of those people that was just helping the church. He was controlling the church. So with that said and done, I hope you've enjoyed the study of Pergamos, the worldly church. 
the church that had a lot of, uh, well, had a lot of problems, didn't it? <laughs> it had a lot of problems. But um, we'll study uh, the next church, Thyra Tower, uh, tomorrow, Lord's will. Everybody have a great day. I, I'm just uh, hoping that you was blessed by today's broadcast. If you were, put it in the comment section. Put it in the chat room. Send us an email. Give us a call. 606-282-4108. Well, everybody have a great day because we are out of here. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the Congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the Spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.